So, uh, hi everybody. We'll do our intro later. But right now, what we're looking at is—is is this the cold open? This is, is the cold open. Is this our first cold open? Oh, this is our yeah. first cold open. We've, we've okay. had—we're almost at forty episodes. We can have cold opens. Uh, <laughs> um, one of Ben and I's favorite movies is the movie Cube from 1997. And earlier last year, we heard about a remake coming on in Japan. Now it hasn't come out yet, and. We're going to try to find out what happened to it. So what I'm seeing here, um, someone someone on Reddit, Kaya 91 said, Unfortunately, Japan is the worst when it comes to localization. We're just barely getting their big movies from two years ago. Um, also, since it just came out last month in Japan, don't expect fan translations until the release on DVD, about six months at least. So maybe oh it said yeah it said yeah Shin Godzilla was like specifically funded to come out here. That's not great news to to do a cold. O- this is really our first cold open. Is that bummer? Yeah. Everyone needs to know what pain feels like, and this is what pain feels like. Well, on that note, ba-da-ba-ba, welcome to Fourth Times the Charm, the only podcast where every week is a brand new concept. I'm your producer, Ben, alongside your director, Matt. Welcome to episode 30 frickin' 2 of the hot potty, big boy potty. This week, we are going to actually do something completely different. Are you excited, Matt? I am. I'm very excited because I have zero confidence in my ability to be funny. And we're going to find out exactly how that works out. Well, in the meantime, Matt, what have you been getting up to this last week? We are coming hot off the presses of just publishing our latest interview with Hal Masonberg, which I know we discussed on last week's podcast. Uh, lots of good information from that. Remember, guys, we want the writer and producer's cut of The Plague out there. Contact Sony Screen Gems. Sony, we know you probably have something there somewhere. and We want it. Well, well, we want Hal to have it. We don't give it to us. Give it to him. We're not going to do anything. I mean, or it. if you give it to us, we'll give it to him. Yeah, we, so, we can be the intermediaries. I'll yeah. go to Spain to give him this. Uh, I, you know, what, what I've been up to this week is I've spent a lot of time uh, researching the new Cube 2021 movie. Um, only to find disappointment. Uh, other than that, I uh, on the movie front, I watched a movie I had never seen before in a special 25th anniversary screening. I finally saw Princess Mononoke. Oh, really? famous um, Miyazaki film, uh, or Studio Ghibli film, depending on who you are, that was released, I believe, in 1997. And, and, how, and how was that for you? So, it was good. Um, this is only the second um, Miyazaki movie I've ever seen, um, even though they're like hugely popular. I've only ever seen Spirited Away, and I loved Spirited Away. I was genuinely surprised by it. This one was good. It was, it was clearly a huge like right hook of environmentalism and about protecting the environment, which was like I was very surprised by that, that being the massive theme. Which shows, you know, how little I know about Miyazaki. But it was really, it was good. It was the fantasy one. I think it got overhyped for me. Because everyone, a bunch of people were saying like, oh, this is going to be your favorite Miyazaki movie you'll see. And uh, our sometimes co-host Kyle 
uh, went to go see it with me, and it is his number one Miyazaki movie of all time. Um, I thought it was good, but not that amazing. I like Spirited Away more. Uh, ben, have you seen this or any of the other Miyazaki movies? I have. They, uh, they a lot of them kind of blend together for me. Okay. Um, I, I'm weird with anime. I have mm-hmm. to be in the mood for anime, and same. A, a lot of it blends together for me. I enjoy Miyazaki movies, but I enjoy them more as like something to put on in the background and to look at, than yeah. to something to like actively pay attention to. And I know that's more of a fault on my end than anything, but you know, yeah, I'm the can't exact please same, everyone. I'm the exact same way, especially when it comes to anime, like traditional television anime like episodic anime i just can't i don't know there's something about it that just doesn't doesn't engage with me uh except when it's on in the same way like i love the movie akira um but i've mostly watched that movie while it was projected onto the wall of a sushi restaurant i was at and it like oh is that sushi x yeah (laughs) yeah i've been to sushi x that place is baller yeah, that place was awesome. Shout out to Sushi X in Chicago. I don't know if it's still open or even still there, but I, it was. I hope good it is, but I, I could not imagine a restaurant being less COVID friendly than Sushi X. So yeah, if you true. guys are still open, more power to you. But I'm not holding my breath. Uh, oh, they are. I'm still also open. not. I, I'm also not holding my breath because I got COVID a second time. I forget oh, yeah. if we talked about this last week or not. We mentioned that you might have it. So give everyone the update. Yeah, I definitely have COVID. Uh, I'm through yeah. the worst of it already. But. Two in a row. Bruh, I, I am. Punch. I am the exception in the you might get it after 90 days. But come on, that's not going to happen. I am that person. Yeah. You somehow so, managed to, and your 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 fiance didn't get it both times, right? No, no, she got it this time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so she got it, but she got a false negative on hers. Yikes! I'm glad she went to work today. No, she didn't. She worked from home. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she's worked from home this whole time. So good, good. Yeah. Well, on that sad mark. and depressing note. Anyway, to add um, something positive to the conversation, for the love <laughs> of God, uh, because it's Martin Luther King Day, naturally, both Matt and I, two white men, had the days off while my black fiance had to work today. So I spent the day uh, playing a newer action RPG on the Nintendo Switch that I think is available on other platforms. And let me tell you, Matt. This one I think you would enjoy too. It's a beautiful game. It's called Lost in Random. Lost in Random. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about it. It's an action RPG where your available moves are determined by the roll of a dice block. You are in this Tim Burton-esque world called Random. And it's a land that is ruled by dice rolls and the evil queen has destroyed all of the dice blocks in the world except for hers so she has created order out of the randomness that people don't like because they're like that's a real dick move and so you find what is one of the few remaining dice blocks in the world and you go on a journey through the six kingdoms because you know six dies on a 
uh, six faces on a on six yeah. dice block. Yeah. <laughs> and so you go from the town of one to two town to three Berg, Fortin, and you go all the way up to where the queen is with the Sixers and you have to go save your sister, blah, blah, blah. Really cute story. It's like if Nightmare Before Christmas was a playable video game. Yeah, I, I, I I played this I game for the, I looked at, hours I looked at the today. Steam reviews, and I, I controlled Find It by the word uh, Tim Burton, and like eight reviews mentioned Tim Burton. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's really Tim Burton-esque, but it's a very smart game. Talk about people I'd like to interview. I'd love to interview whoever was behind this game because it's a it's a gorgeous, cute, funny game, yeah. um, and it's I'll, very I'm well written. Give this a play. It was it was it was developed by Zoink and Thunderful. Naturally, yes. All they, I think they both are people that are owned by EA. Yes, they're both owned by EA. And now it is time for today's big boy potty matter. You ready to strap in? I I am strapped, locked in, and ready to go. All right. Well, let's go. Ape out. What? <laughs> yes. Welcome to Ape Out, the episode where we have some fun by aping one of our favorite podcasts we listen to every day oh. and it where, is... where what is the origin of the term aping because that's a new one for me I, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna pull the veil back a little bit on the developmental nature of our podcast but what the fuck does aping mean let's see let's look up the etymology i can i can understand what it means contextually by what we're doing but i've never heard anyone ever use the term aping before and, and when you messaged to me the first time I intentionally didn't mention that I was confused, just so we could talk about it now. Okay. So, uh, aping, noun, imitation, or mimicry. 1680s, verbal noun from ape. Apery, in the same sense, is attested from 1610s. Um, Link to aping is ape the verb to imitate from the 1630s. But the notion is implied earlier, as in the phrase, play the ape, from the 1570s, and Middle English ape-shipe, or ape-like behavior simulation, in the noun sense of one who mimics may date from early 13th century. Huh. So, it sounds like it's people mimicking an ape, which then became a general term for aping or mimicry. I guess I want there. There seems I, I have a feeling there might be some concerning um, history behind that, but we don't know about that legitimately. So if anyone we don't we has don't. some very unfortunate etymology for the word aping, please please tell us so that we can scrub what we said <laughs> over the last two minutes and profusely apologize well it's an interesting concept because i get it because they probably if you saw like an actual ape you'd be like oh that acts just like us it's mimicking us so then you could use the term but i you know yeah yeah interesting if you if you're a listener to all of you out there and we know you guys have a vast a vast array of knowledge sets if you know a lot about the history of language what do you know about this term share it with us and and if you want to become our biggest fan use the term aped 
in your Discord in a uh, Instagram message to us. That's right. Now, in the meantime, let's talk about what we are aping today or imitating slash copying, if that's not an appropriate word. <laughs> today, we are going to ape one of my fiance's favorite podcasts, which is Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet, which is a very cute, adorable podcast where Great the name. two co-hosts look online for reviews that are just weird of certain topics so they'll have like walmart's in rhode island and they (laughs) will find five or ten reviews of walmart's in rhode island that are very strange very bizarre as if someone went i went to the beach and it was far too sandy one star out of five yeah that's the basic idea so we've adapted it a bit more to our interests, so we're not completely copying them. And if you guys have any interest in this episode, you should listen to their podcast because they do it in like the real fun way. I don't know how this is going to go because Matt's never listened to this podcast before. Nope. I have no idea so, what the origin. I've seen, so, I've seen tons of YouTube videos doing this. Yeah. But podcasts are a little more ha cha cha, you know, less. Yeah, yeah, we're the definition of ha cha cha. <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, I'm excited so, to talk about how sad people are. <laughs> right. So, we gave each other a topic and a backup topic. Yep. So, Matt gave me uh, tattoo shops in Montana. Number it one. Seemed, seemed I found, like an interesting place to get tattooed. I found two of them, but. The issue is that Montana tattoo shops are actually all very highly rated, like very highly rated. With few exceptions, the lowest rating I saw was like a 4.3 out of 5. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) And that was like obscenely low. There are very popular tattoo shops here. And you'll notice, Matt... From the one or two I did find that were reviewed poorly, there were extenuating circumstances. The other one Matt gave me were video games that were reviewed by IGN at an 8 out of 10 or above. And I found those games, but I added an extra stipulation myself. And I got all of the user reviews of these games... From IMDB.com, which is oh, no. a very interesting resource for video game reviews, especially because a lot of these go back to about 2000. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting oh. to see what people thought about certain video games that are now considered classics. What do you have, Matt? Uh, my you So the first one you gave me was cannabis stores or dispensaries in California. Naturally. Which, how dare you um which which was very interesting because it there was some very different categories of of dislike now they're like if you if you if you use google maps and you sort by like lowest reviews on like an individual store you can find some stuff but what i almost found more interesting than some of these reviews were the uh owner's responses to some of the (laughs) reviews because responses can be big yeah, because these are these are small businesses, especially because I kept looking in like weird parts of Northern California, because uh, I liked looking where like not as many people are, like near the Reno border. Like that's a great area, like near near Tahoe National Forest. 
there's some there's some there's some gems in that general region and then my 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 second one that ben gave me is one that's near and dear to my heart which were uh like internationally recognized pieces of literature that you might be forced to read in school and finding bad reviews of those and those also so i initially ran into a problem where i used amazon and I was trying to find reviews and really the, all the negative reviews were people just bitching about how poorly the books were made. Mm, <laughs> like, like people getting books that were missing okay. pages, terrible bindings, like misprinted small text, like, and those were all pretty boring and not very as interesting. But then I went to the bastion of literature reviews, which is Goodreads, uh, which is in more literature circles that I've got into why widely hated and annoyed because people don't give good reviews which was an excellent source for finding people venting their their opinions about some fantastic texts but i and i did find a few gems on amazon that i'll pop in um but i i more went for theme i tried to really get to get get to know what the people were saying and what they were feeling so uh, I'll, i'll hit some of those bigger categories as we get into mine but let's start with you ben yeah, uh, uh, we'll go into mine. We won't go through all of them, but I do have a great, uh, I, I have a great line of thinking here to start us out here, and uh, we're gonna start at the video game user reviews on IMDb, and we're gonna start with my favorite game of all time and many people's favorite games of all time, The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time from the Nintendo 64, 1998. And, uh, Three out of five. Let's see why CTVD on okay. March thirty first, two thousand. So less than two years after the game came out. So pretty contemporary. Gave the game a one out of ten with the wow. title "A Mild Disappointment." Okay. Zelda sixty four is by no means the best game ever made, but for N sixty four, it probably is. What disappointed me the most, and for the old diehard Zelda fans, is that the game has changed from RPG to RPG Adventure, which is not the same. But fortunately, this is one of the best adventure games ever, with very active gameplay, the graphics are amazing, but that's probably why everybody thinks is the best, just because when of the graphics are so amazing, which they are, but when you have played games like Final Fantasy 7 VII and 8 and Xenogears and a whole lot more, the story here doesn't seem magical and is too short, not that it's easy, but for a game like this, an epic always lasts long. <gasps> that was all in sense. <laughs> But if you own a N64, you will probably enjoy this game. It's a good game, but still feels like a letdown. One out of ten. I'm very uh, confused. I feel like that guy really likes this. I feel like that guy's played The Legend uh, Legend of Zelda probably about 40 times. He's like a speedrunner, and he just hates the game, but hate plays it. See, what I like about this, since it's from 2000, is we see the same of, like, I don't like that this is new, where people don't <laughs> understand adapting. Because, Matt, I know you haven't played Ocarina of Time, but... What? I, you haven't played Ocarina, have you? What the fuck? Yes, I have. You have? Oh, great. Oh, I had, I owned it in 64. 
Yeah, but how would I have not played Ocarina of Time? What do you think I am? You, you whatever. <laughs> what? And anyway, well, that's great. This is even better. I've played Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask is great. It um, was. It was excellent. I but I've, how I am offended. I you never talk about it. Because you talk like, about it plenty. You're always like a halo. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, because when you shoot a bunch of people. Yeah, those are, Liga, I like Liga that Liga game Legends more. It's going to drink my Mountain Dew. I'm Beer. not Kyle. How dare you? It's Andrew McElhinney. Um Oh, that man was set. He cried. A lot. You were not there for anal beads, Matt. Wait, what? You were not I, there for that. K- when, K- wait, okay. wait, was that when he had like he cried for like three hours yeah okay i'm gonna tell this story because he's never gonna speak to me again anyway so so our our guy andrew um he we, we were in freshman year of college and he's like guys i love this anime it's called angel beats and i'm like huh, it's like anal beads huh because yeah i'm college and that's really funny, you know. <laughs> and he's like, no, this is my favorite show. When I get to the last episode, I cry every time. And you've heard your friend say that before about yeah. something. So he watches this show over the next several months. And I'm in his dorm room when he gets to the last episode. And they get to the last five minutes and this dude starts ugly crying. I mean, like, like ugly crying. He is actively sobbing, like snot going down his nose crying. He's crying so much. And he's watched this plenty of times at this point. And while he's doing that, the show comes to an end. And I say, Andrew, Andrew, I know this means a lot to you. I got to show you this. He turns around and I show him. I Photoshop the logo of Angel Beats to say anal beads. (laughs) <laughs> the greatest move in Ben's life. The <laughs> greatest. It looked, it looked exact. Oh, I still have it I'm on this looking, laptop somewhere. I'm looking at the picture for this game right, this movie right now. Show, anime. No, oh, it was a TV show. Homeboy I, watched it like six times. He cried every dude, time. I, I could like not find. Okay, all right. Uh, I I could not find a good a negative review of this, but I did find this one that says. Uh, amazing series, but watch till the end. And this is in all caps. If you want to see the true ending that wraps everything up in a satisfactory way, watch the last second. The closure comes in the last 10 seconds of airtime. You will be emotionally controlled. Well, he was not emotionally controlled. And then this man wrote four paragraphs about this show. So, obviously, it's a good show. So, you guys should watch Angel Beats. Uh, Moving back to this review, what I think is fun is that even in 2000, people are complaining about, like, this isn't a real adventure game. Even though the point I was trying to get to, which is Ocarina of Time, by all intents and purposes, in many ways, is they took the framework of Link to the Past, which came out, like, five years before, and they just made it into 3D. They reuse a lot of the same songs, a lot of the same enemy types, a lot of the same layout of everything. It's wild how much they reuse between the two games. And this guy's like, nah, nah, this isn't the same. 
even though the gameplay is functionally identical, just in two different dimensions. Uh, oh, but hey, let, let's say what let's see what someone else has to say about Ocarina of Time less than a year after it came out, June 1999. The user Sefi gives Ocarina of Time a 2 out of 10 and labels it Nintendo's failed attempt to beat Final Fantasy 7. Wow. Is it just me or does this game look a lot like Super Mario 64 and Banjo-Kazooie? <laughs> Nintendo has failed in their attempt to create an excellent RPG for the 64. This game not an RPG. It is more like a 3D platform. When was the last time you played an RPG and accidentally fell off a cliff? If you like that sort of thing, I suggest you buy a copy of this game. Otherwise, stay far away from this game. This game is pawn scum compared to Final Fantasy VII wow. and the upcoming Final Fantasy VIII. Th this man had a had a two and a half hour long argument with somebody <laughs> the day this before is, writing that review. This is one of the people who complained about The Last of Us Two when it came out. I'm sure. Wow, that is incredible. It just goes to show that bad opinions have always existed. Yes. And, <laughs> people and have it, been wrong for a very long time. What, what I find interesting is that people tend to be very set in their ways, right? And that's what we're seeing here. Mm -hmm. Where instead of someone looking at it as, wow, this has been translated into 3D. There's so many more things I can do now. So much more yeah. verticality I can look at. They're like, no, this is trash because you can fall off a ledge. I prefer you, Final Fantasy where you're stuck in corridors, which is like Final Fantasy seven is arguably as good a game. It could, you could say that it's better or not, but like it's not better because you can't fall off the side of a mountain. Yeah. And, and it's funny how he said like in an RPG, you never fall off the side of a mountain. It's like now in every game, like every big RPG, like the ability to like manipulate and deal with the environments, like such a huge thing. And because also, I'm you pretty can sure fall you... off the side of a mountain in every game. It, you can also fall off the side of the mountain in 2D Zelda games. Oh, like, sure, like There yeah. were certain boss battles designed around if you fall off, you have to start again. So, like, the guy's also just wrong. But, um, hey, it's only the first boss of Link's Awakening, so. But, but you know what? There's a lot of talk about Final Fantasy VII and Final yes, Fantasy VIII, okay? Very, so, very popular games. Yeah. So I wanted to see what people thought about those. So I looked up reviews of Final Fantasy VIII. And okay. I found a review from November 2000, pretty recently after the game came out, from Einarauko Valentine. Oh, that person's that that person sure. standing some internet account of people. And they did review this substantially higher than Ocarina of Time. They gave it a 3 out of 10 with the title, Can You Say Mediocrity? Pure and total mediocrity. That is all I can say about this game. This was the game that ruined the series for how many old-time Final Fantasy lovers. Remember, Matt, this game came out less than a year beforehand. It's already ruined the series. Wait, the storyline had high expectations, but couldn't deliver. The characters were horribly scripted. 
Squall, the main character, just had to be the most annoying character in the history of RPGs. This game shouldn't have been about his adventures, but him going to a mental institution. Don't get wow. me wrong, I know mental illness is serious. As for Renoa, <laughs> she was way too immature for her age. The battles were long and drawn out, yet simple. Get this. If you were level 100, you can go through the entire game with only your original weaponry and a few mega elixirs. I did. Well, if you're level 100, pal, you, you probably don't need anything else because you're level 100, you know? I, Just a thought. I, the saving grace of what? this game was a certain situation between the headmaster and garden master Norg, which I shall not speak of. Overall, play Final Fantasy. Overall, play Final Fantasy four, six, or seven instead. Okay, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard anyone, and I've heard long discussions about Final Fantasy online. I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about Final Fantasy one through five. Like outside of like they came out, they existed. It's all mostly about seven, eight. So, well, do you want the actual reasoning behind that, Matt? Sure, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So, Final Fantasies 1 and 2 are both pretty simple RPGs. They were solid successes for the time. Final Fantasy 3 was very highly regarded, but it never came out in the West until, I think, 2006. It was never localized. Final Fantasy 4 came out later i forget when exactly but um i i think i think it was something like final fantasy one came out then final fantasy two in the u.s was final fantasy four and that one is very highly regarded okay final fantasy five didn't come out in the u.s until later and then final fantasy six was referred to at here as final fantasy three and then once they hit the ps1 they're like screw it you guys don't get Four, five, and six. We're just skipping to seven, and that's what how we synced everything back up. Oh, baller move! But, but you know, Matt, you're right. Maybe we should look back earlier in the series. So, pretty much every review so far has talked about Final Fantasy VII. So, I wanted to find a review of Final Fantasy VII, and I found this review okay. of it from January 2001, which is about four years after the game out came out. But right when its greatest hits re-release came out on PS1. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to say, Matt, did not review well. Oh. Uh, no. Metal Faust gave it a 1 out of 10 in, two th excuse me, in 2001. Okay. With the title, Not Worth the Reduced Greatest Hits Price. Final Fantasy VII does not have much going for it. It is exceedingly bad for a role-playing game. It's even worse when you consider the fact that it is part of the Final Fantasy series of RPGs, which are noted for their excellence. First of all, the story, which is the most crucial part of any RPG, is not only stupid and boring, but it has numerous holes and is completely mundane. The plot does not drive the game, it only bogs it down. I need you to remember, Matt, while I continue to read this review that the big mid game twist with one of your lead characters dying 
is still one of the most talked about and emotional scenes in video game history. So just oh, keep I was that in mind. I was, while... I was about to say that my, my total perspective of this game is based on this man's review now. Yeah, yeah. Secondly, the gameplay ruins any fun you might have with the game. It robs the characters of any individuality they might have and reduces them to blobs of polygons, only differing in color and shape. So here, once again, we have people being like, no, 3D is much worse than sprite work, which in I mean, hindsight, there, there they, were, aspects. they weren't <laughs> wrong, but it's still sort of a bad faith argument considering the time and place. It, it's it's not an argument based on that actual opinion. It's an argument based on this new don't like. Finally, the worst feature of Final Fantasy VII would mm. be the character development. Most characters have very little, if any, substantial development. Others, like the main character, Cloud, are developed in a fashion that makes you want to hate that character. The impact of the quality of the character development, or lack thereof, can truly be seen when compared to the game's predecessor, Final Fantasy VI, which had excellent character development. Final Fantasy VII's character development leaves a void which bothers the player throughout the game. Huh. Overall, this game is not worth the $20 one would spend on it unless that person is easily pacified by, (laughs) albeit, excellent visuals. However, which is age the worst on the game. However, sadly enough, visuals are the last basis of judgment for RPGs, which makes this game a total bust. I, I love how similar these are to like modern day YouTube comments, just with slightly different vernacular. But it's like the exact same kind of petty, entitled yep. anger toward yep. the product. I need my game to be the same way it's always been. Damn they it. didn't make I this know game best. for me, me mad. Well, Matt, I'm sure I've just been looking in the wrong place. So I so I wrapped up this journey. For now, I found some other game reviews, but but ending this loop, I found some reviews for Final Fantasy VI because they said Final Fantasy VI is much better okay. than Seven, which is better than Eight, which is better than apparently the absolute dumpster fire that is the greatest game of all time, <laughs> Ocarina of Time. So I wanted to see what makes Final Fantasy VI so special, and Matt, sorry to say. Apparently, Final Fantasy VI isn't a very good game either. Oh. Oh, no, really? User EVK reviewed this game in October of 2000 and gave it a 3 out of 10 with Mm. the title Barf. I really don't care for this game at all. You have so many characters that almost none of them get developed beyond he's sad because his family died or he's a treasure hunter. As if that weren't bad enough, the villains are annoying too. The main bad guy isn't much better than Witness Ultros. Ho, 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 look, he says one-liners. Boy, how innovative. The other major part of any RPG, the battle system, falls apart too. It's too easy because you can learn all the magic you want with no negative effects. So at the end of the game, you have four people with 9,999 HP with high physical attack and all the magic spells. As you can imagine, 
This is just a tad unbalanced. Each character also has one skill they can only use. These range from the stupid, like Rage, to the useless, like Runic, and the absurd, like Sketch. Some of the skills are also overpowered, like Cyan's Sword Tech, which basically lets him do a special attack every turn without using any MP or anything. Huh? Just pretend this one never existed. That that man is very proud of that review. I It just goes to show you, Matt, that no video game has ever been good. That's true. No, there's, there, is, there is no perfect piece of art. There, there is someone who will hate it. There is someone who will not understand it. I just, and, and there's I just someone who like, reject it. I just like that going through these reviews, you can tell that when they have something they can't pinpoint as not liking about the game, they just go to character development. You know, because oh, that's oh, something and- you can't quantify. You can quantify graphics and you can quantify to an extent gameplay, but you can't quantify character development for two games that have, especially for the sprite based era, really, really good character development in Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, and I mean, I think what you're saying about how people, what people dislike about the book holds true for how they feel about literature. Because just like games, it's almost a mostly a purely object uh, subjective experience there's like there's arguments for like what are considered the greats and some of these are but the way people dislike them is is pretty similar and they're all and usually they're more detailed than the good reviews yeah um except for this one uh where someone and as i said earlier people broke these down in different groups uh some people really just didn't like how the books were made uh, and my favorite example of that is from a man named Chris, who said, uh, one star, do paragraph breaks cost extra? I really should have read <laughs> other reviews here. Hawthorne's hard enough to read without the pages looking like a word search puzzle. Uh, and that was a review of the Scarlet Letter. <laughs> um <laughs> Now, now, un- unfortunately, many of these reviewers, as you'll come to hear, aren't good writers. Um, and unlike unlike some of the most famous writers of all time, like Ernest Hemingway or F. Scott Fitzgerald or H.P. Lovecraft or, you know, fucking Shakespeare. Uh, these people, though, really can write a good title for a review. Uh, like Mr. Puppet. Uh, whose review is one star. Uh, this is for The Grapes of Wrath, a fantastic text. His review is one star, The Grapes of Mediocrity. Uh, I And, and that, that, that alone is a great great title of review. That would get like a headline, I feel like, on like a magazine. I, I noticed a lot of these reviews try to be New York Times-esque. And, yeah. and mediocrity, mediocre is one of those $5 words that people try to force in there a lot. It yeah. really makes them feel powerful. Well, well listen, four listen syllables. How, yeah. Well, look at, look at how powerful this man tries to make himself. I have read many books in my time and this is not one of them. What? I have picked <laughs> this book out of the library countless times and I've never read it. Despite what? this, I feel that this book should be counted among the greatest books of our time. While I personally <laughs> deplore Mr. Steinbeck and his mop people, yes, mop people, 
this book is so wonderful that I can overlook my feelings and say, wowza and hallelujah. Anyone who looks at the picture in the book and is not brought to tears is truly without feeling. My only issue with this marvelous piece of literature is that it's not longer. I could look at pictures forever. That is a review of the Grapes of Wrath, everybody. What? What's he mean by mop people? I don't. I I was, I, I was more. I was more perplexed by these reviews than necessarily was worried about what they were talking about. And when I when I read, I, I was like scanning through all these reviews, and I saw the word mop people, and I stopped and read that man's whole review. I can't find anything on mop people with Steinbeck. If anyone can There's figure nothing. out what the hell a mop person is, please let me know because I'd uh, love maybe, to meet them. Maybe I need to reread The Grapes of Wrath. <laughs> uh, well, just as another one for The Grapes of Wrath was someone said, Miss, a fuzzy lizard said, one star, not worth it. I should have known that a book you can buy together with cliff notes is going to be boring. I read East of Eden and thought it was great. I was hopeful that Grapes of Wrath would be just as good. No luck. It's dull as heck. I don't see how this was thought as to be as one of Steinbeck's bests. And as you can also tell everybody, I have dyslexia. I'm good at reading. Um, yeah, yeah, we have a dyslexic and someone who's still has COVID and is trying to cough their COVID out doing uh, re- reading off reviews. Perfect. This one was of, a great idea. I'm such a what, genius. You are. You're, you're a master among many. One of my <laughs> favorite things that I, I found was I was reading, trying to find reviews for Catcher in the Rye. Now, Catcher hey, in the Rye. Did you catch any? Did you catch any? One star. Awful. No <laughs> redeeming qualities. I am no approved, but one shouldn't have to read cussing every other word. Now, I... Yeah, what I ex- the fuck? Who fucking... No, Matt. Answer <laughs> me a fucking question, okay? All right, I can fuck with this. Who's gonna fucking curse every fucking time, you know? You know, I don't... I have no fucking clue, but for some fuck off hey, reason... Hey, your fucking language? This is a fucking children's program. Um, wh- God damn it. One of my it. favorite things... When I was reading... I read lots of reviews for Catcher in the Rye, and almost all of them mentioned that they didn't like the fact that there was a lot of cursing in the book. I imagine so many if, people were just like, you know, it was a good story, but man, two stars, so many bad words. <laughs> I imagine if it's something less school children read, people probably have an issue with it. Yeah. In that respect. Maybe. Well, well, Julie, Julie Cunningham had a very different review of, of the Catcher Julie the Cunningham, Re- the Julie Cunningham. Sure. I'm, I'm, su- I'm such a cunning man. Well, this was That's a verified her. purchase as well. <laughs> This that's is her, one that's star. Her, that's her fan group, the Cunning Men. No, I hated it. I oh. don't like these Amazon ratings. I jugga jugga s jugga m period. No, label Jamu, but try Rusky View Kinder Teed Gahar Ligajig Thou Kilu Yam. <laughs> okay, Matt, you gotta send this to me because that cannot be right. I I went to this person's. Send like, me this review right now, and I will go. read this, because that's not right. Yes, it is. Are there other reviews like this? Not on her review. No, I, went I, mean, and, I went and read all of this woman's reviews. Yeah. And all of them are normal. 
Except this one. Yeah, no. Uh, she she had like other positive and negative reviews of things written normally, but I think she had a psychological break when she wrote this one. <laughs> and this is still Grapes of Wrath. No, no. This is for Catcher in the Rye. Catcher in the Rye. Okay. There, here. I sent it. Incoming. Send. There we go. I sent it. Okay. No. I, I did hated my it. best to. In- oh my god. Oh, this is actually right. Yeah, I, I wasn't what? fucking with you. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, Thanks. I think this woman had a psychological break on you uh, <laughs> while reviewing Catcher in the Rye on Amazon Prime. What an affecting story. Yeah, the rest of her reviews were normal. That, that, one of the things I was very interested in, I would go and look at the other reviews by these people to see if they were just like saying everything sucked. And most of them like have completely normal reviews. And then there's these like, one off like they look like their what their their account got hacked it's probably written by julie's kid or something maybe maybe one one that was really interesting uh for for my last review my last review for uh catcher in the rye was a one by thomas b cox now he wrote a very long review of this breaking this down i'm not going to read through the whole thing i'm just going to read through the opening paragraph but because that's what really captured my interest um, he said, we've all heard, uh, we've all heard of this book forever. Mark David Chapman certainly did his part in publicize and publicizing it as he sat with a copy on the sidewalk of the Dakota apartment building after shooting John Lennon. Okay. When asked why he did it, he famously said to read the book and that would explain it like Truman Capote in cold blood. I've never been a especially interested in why murderers murder so i didn't take the bait however hbo recently did a series on jd salinger and it inspired me to finally read the book and he goes through for the rest of it and details out how the book had in could might have influenced this man to kill john lennon huh what what's your favorite work by jd salinger i've never read a piece of work by jd salinger well, J.D. Salinger also directed the show uh, Hollywood Stars and Celebrities. What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. Okay. So, and that one was pretty good, too. So, you should check that out when you have a chance. I, I feel trapped by what you just said to me. So, here, I want to throw in one more Nintendo 64 game review here, yeah. Matt. It, it sort of reminds me of some of these levels of reviews. It's a review of... Uh, Super Mario 64, and this is a more recent review. Okay. But um, they gave it a 7 out of 10, and they said, oh. This game would probably be better if I was actually playing it on console. I played this game on the Project 64 emulator, and my <laughs> controller didn't work, so I had to use my keyboard. I don't okay. know if it's my fault or the game's fault, but this game was kind of a painful experience. The physics were terrible, and a lot of the time, I would randomly start sliding for no reason, even if I was on a flat surface, and the camera had Tourette's. That's not very nice. The game barely gives you any control over the camera, and it makes the game very unplayable a lot of the time. Perhaps the camera would work better if I was using a controller, but this game was really annoying and unplayable sometimes. Yeah, I wonder if the game that was that specifically informed the design of the nintendo 64 controller would be difficult to play with a mouse <laughs> and keyboard I what wonder. do you think matt 
I, I, you know, it's like it's like if I wrote a one star review of a book and my review was, I have dyslexia. These have big word. I, I so fun fact, it's Matt. A, uh, it is true. Did you know that Super Mario sixty four is the reason why the Nintendo sixty four is designed the way it is? Why we have like one of the worst controllers in gaming history. One of the coolest. No, it is terrible. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's a good controller. I'm saying it's a very cool controller. Sure. It's like yeah, people, I'll give you that. People are going to look at the Nintendo 64 controller in the future. Like people look at those impractical like 1950s cars that are so True. oversized and obnoxious. It's like, yeah, they're stupid, but they're cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I That's... guess in the same same vein, the Xbox the original Xbox controller is kind of that way where it's just this giant monstrosity. I mean, I think even more so with a Nintendo 64 because it came right at the crossroads between 2D and 3D where they're like, "Okay, just in case this analog stick thing doesn't catch on, we have a D-pad and an extra thing so you can just ignore it." And we're going to assume think... you have three three arms. Right. But Super Mario 64 is uh, the game that informed the design of the controller. So they mm-hmm. formed the design of it around the needs of that game in particular. So like they were so designed strange. alongside each other. It's um, such an interesting aspect of things. Yeah. yeah I didn't neat? know that. Yeah, that yeah. is. That's a, that's, that's quite literally a fun fact. There is. I am if fact. You, if you look at the history of Nintendo controller designs, they are wild. And I think they're more interesting than any other game company. If you huh. look at the history of the Wii remote, uh, okay, it is wild. The ideas they had beforehand. The my favorite one, they're one of their old controller concepts for the Wii. Okay. Was sort of like an orb, like a reddish orb, and in the center was a Mario star. And that was a button, what? and you'd press that. And oh. You could aim it like a Wii remote, and that's it. You could aim it, and you had one button, and that was all. That was the controller. One button. Huh. That's... What the fuck? Right, yeah. But, but like, that's one of the reasons why I love Nintendo, is that... Could you imagine... Well, okay, Microsoft did the Kinect, but that was only a reaction to the Wii... Could yes. you imagine Sony or Microsoft on their own being like, let's design a controller with one button. This is realistic enough that we can actually prototype this. That's why Nintendo's awesome is because they're batshit. They're willing to be batshit. They made a three-armed controller. I love them. It's great. Well, just just like your love of... of uh, Nintendo is interesting and it makes complete sense. The hatred of books continues to not. <laughs> Stevo gives the uh, Catcher in the Rye three stars. I haven't read it yet. I will let you know what happens at the end. Don't worry, <laughs> I'm at the dentist. I believe this book is is about a fish that is trying to find his son, but his son is stuck in a glass box full of water near a dentist. In Tasmania, or somewhere near there. Sounds a bit wacky, but I'm a sucker for a dentist story. Also, uh, uh, sometimes people really just look at the name of a book and think, hmm, I wonder what this is going to be about. 
And, and a man, a man who read Lord of the Flies wrote, "I would give it zero stars. Oh. This book is more aggravating than a real fly. It's a famous <laughs> book, but it's so overrated. One of the worst books I've read. There's not even flies. Just look at memes. You'll learn about people anyway." What? Okay. Uh, there was there was another man who was very upset that the book wasn't about flies. I think this this review's come around before, but uh, I'll read it anyway. Uh, false advertising. Do not not about the Lord of the Flies. One star. Lord of the Flies was not about flies at all. Very disappointed. I bought this book assuming that it was for the most part going to be about the lord of my favorite insect nope (laughs) fellow fly lovers don't buy this book it consists of boys running around killing pigs and chanting witchcraft do not let your children read this abomination it encourages taking lives of boys who are diagnosed with epilepsy how crude 11 out of 10 would not recommend to the next fly lower nor any decent human being. Okay, that one has to be a meme. They mu- some of be. these some of the fake ones feel more memey, but one one I felt like was very very fun and it, and it's because this man decided to take on a little bit of the writing style of the author. All right, so uh, Faith was writing a review of one of my favorite books that I was made to read in school, which was called Hatchet by Gary Paulson. Oh, my ever... God. Oh, I, I read Brian's Winter, which is the sequel to that yeah. book. Legitimately the most boring book I've read in my life. Well, well, this this person, might you they might agree with you because um, they, they wrote, uh, thought the story was compelling, very compelling. Compelling enough that I finished it despite the compelling urge to throw it out the window. I don't think I could ever read it again. The window. Oh, the shiny window. The shiny open window that was very tempting. This book was so repetitious. Why so repetitious? I know not why this book was so repetitious, but the repetition made me want to pull my hair out. My brown hair. The brown hair on my head. The hair that was brown. That was on my head. I did listen to it on CD, which might be part of the problem. Bruce said he didn't notice it as much when he read the book. But when you read it and you read it with the words, your mind kind of skips over things, things that might be repetitious. The repetitious things might not have been skipped over that make you want to pull your hair out and throw the book out the window. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, but that's my exact experience with Brian's <laughs> Winter, which is yeah. the sequel book. I had that exact same experience with it, so that's you, not well, alone, my friend. Well, whoever ben, ben, you so, are, so so Rachel, another reviewer of Hatchet, might also have an experience that you can empathize with. Uh, Rachel gave it one star. Recommends it for no one. This is the worst book I've ever read. So here's her. Here's Rachel's full review. So when I was in seventh grade, Mrs. Randall, formerly Sister Mary Randall, an ex-nun, forced this pile of garbage upon me and the rest of my unsuspecting classmates. (laughs) I was an advanced reader, and this was a relatively short, easy-to-swallow book, but it took me forever to read it because it is that fucking boring. 
It's about this <laughs> stupid snot of a kid who parents are getting divorced. Mom and dad broke up. Boo-hoo, crying face. I'm scared for my life now. And somehow his plane goes down in the wilderness of Canada? Which I can admit is the scariest fucking thing I can possibly think of. I'd rather be faced with a zombie apocalypse or a gang of mass murdering rapists than be stuck in the middle of Canada. So (laughs) Snotface has to learn to survive on his own. He has a hatchet that his mom gave him, though I can't really say what possessed her to give her. Him, such a poor no one wants me warning sign for future school scooter <laughs> son as a hatchet but she does he eventually stops crying and figures out how to pick berries and chop trees or saplings or something i don't know all i know is that this is the worst book ever ugh mrs x nun randall made me watch the movie it was torture yeah yeah, not getting a lot of arguments for me. What I will say, Matt, is it seems like in some of your reviews, people, you know, like, like you said, they look at the titles and they expect something. I ran into that with this review for Majora's Mask, Legend of Zelda, okay. um, by Linium 5 reviewed this July 2002, so when Majora's Mask was the newest game in the Zelda series. And gives it a 1 out of 10 with Worst Zelda Game. This is by far the worst Zelda game I've seen. Boy, they'll be really pissed when Wind Waker comes out in a year. Zelda (laughs) is not even in it. Ganon isn't in it. And most of all, the Triforce isn't even in it. The timeline doesn't even fit in with the previous game. Link is riding in the forest with Epona... A horse he doesn't even get till he's an adult. Anyway, don't waste your money on this. I suggest you rent it first to see if you like it. I personally don't. Huh. You, yeah, you know what's he, something else that people don't like hearing about or seeing, Ben? What? Understanding how Ocarina of Time ended so that Link could get the horse afterwards? No, it's understanding incest. And expe- oh, ex- ex- expe- especially this man on uh review of oedipus the king oedipus rex is bad this book reminds me of drinking rancid milk first off there was too much incest in the book no one likes to hear about incest i don't even like typing the word incest also the book is incredibly unbelievable yeah i'm sure that the sphinx really total riddle and if you got it wrong he ate you I am sure that is 100% historically accurate. Don't even get me started on the blind guy seeing the future. Sounds like I miss Cleo to me. Costa did the only realistic thing in the entire book. Okay. So I, f- I, I don't know like who I've... any of those people are. <laughs> That's a per- Have you ever read Oedipus? Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a while. <laughs> I have read it. I think I read oh, it I'm twice, sure. actually. Well, one of the most com- obviously didn't make that much of an impression on me. You know, you know what makes a better impression on people, Ben? Mario Kart Double Dash. No, uh, going to cannabis dispensaries in Northern California and having them not actually be there. Um, I found oh a whole collection of reviews from individuals, and my the best one is from Tracy. 
Tracy gave uh, this, I'm not going to say the name of the place, a, a one-star review. And uh, you want to know what her review says, Ben? Not this is a there. post office. <laughs> also, here's another one uh, from Anthony. I drove here. There's just a wall with a door on it that says not open. I went around to the back and there's no other doors. I felt like I was going to get stabbed. One star. Would it be zero if you had to? I, I think I think Anthony would have given it zero. And funnily enough, I came across another Anthony. And unlike these novel reviews and the reviews you found, Ben, there's no chance for the the creators, the owners, the uh, the people who are behind the magic to get back to the people. But this one does. And uh, uh, an individual named Doesn't Matter, who's only ever reviewed one place, gave this this cannabis dispensary one star. And you want to know what his review said, Ben? It's a post office? No, actually, his review contained no words, just two periods. And the owner decided that this was a review worth responding to. The owner okay. said, Hi, doesn't matter. First, I would like to say to us, you do matter. <laughs> I wish we had made you happier. You see, cannabis magic works off the belief system. If you do not believe we are great, we do not get those little gold stars. And if we don't get enough stars, we can't fly and get to our cannabis to Crescent City. We rely on magical flying rolling trays. If you could tell us what we did, we still love you. If you find the love still in your heart, if you find that the love is still in your heart too. That's awesome. Now, I, I wasn't sure that this review that i was like maybe this guy wrote one weird review and then i and i kept looking uh jake a local glide with 198 reviews gave it one star and wrote no two and then it was a syringe with blood in it was like the an emoji it was like a a, a, a syringe full of red liquid okay. and the, the owner said sorry to disappoint let us know if we can do anything to improve or we we just inherently suck. We have never been into blood stuff, but that's up to you if that's what you're into. We still love you. <laughs> that's awesome. This dude's a pro. Yeah. He also also Chris said lame. The bun the bud tender was about as friendly as a goat card and barbed wire. Which you know, good review, good review. I mean, the owner shot back. Sorry you felt this way. I hope it wasn't me. If you give us another shot, we won't let you down. I would appreciate a call if you had time, just so we can get some details about you. Thank you. I'll give you a hug. And then, and then there's the also there's also a weird trend, and I didn't get a lot of these. I just let the owner of the same store serve as my example, uh, where a lot of people were just like mad about something at the store, said it was like overpriced, or like we're like this didn't work. And these particular people were complaining about the fact that they couldn't use their Oregon IDs to buy weed. And so this, this owner said, sorry, if it was today, I am sorry. I took my first day off in about two years besides Christmas and Thanksgiving. We closed our licensed facility and for five days will just help our old members. We cannot break the law and I needed a break. The Elk Valley location only takes one one man to man. We are fighting for our existence in our town and will not break the law. 
I will continue to enjoy my family for four to five days, still manning phones and media, as you can tell, and get back to getting back. Everyone who needs one soon. Congratulations on your using union. You can go to Brooking. Our entire community is based on serving visitors. We will sometimes need to take care of ourselves. Keep in mind as you travel California, you will find many collectives in towns. 87% banned commercial cannabis, and you will likely find similar situations. Enjoy one another. Or at least try. This is actually a pretty good social media guy. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff like people like right like owners will like go into like explicit detail about how the taxes in their area works and why why people complaining about prices is like not realistic and that's and and there's primarily just and there was also a whole string of reviews from people who were talking about how like young bud tenders didn't give them the time or patience because they were like had like a stutter or like talking about how they have a medical card for like severe anxiety and then a person at the store screamed at them or on a better note dion mill said i went to this store i felt very not human like the dude at the door told me i'm not rasta life like i'm too different to not be customer like so i like had to wait outside like so rude so unprofessional two stars Hey, fair enough, man. Well, here, I only got a few more left. And unfortunately, I don't have a thematic way to carry this over. But I do know what people high on cannabis like to do, and that is play Mario Kart. In particular, Mario Kart Double Dash. Unfortunately, Curiosity Killed Sean did not like Mario Kart. He gave it a 4 out of 10, and he said... I don't like racing games, so maybe I'm the wrong person to be doing a review, but they're all basically the same, and while Mario Kart Double Dash looks pretty, it does little to further the genre. The graphics are, quite simply, gorgeous. The sound isn't up to much, though. Sound effects are kind of generic, and the music is hardly a standout. Pretty much, if racing games are for you, then Mario Kart Double Dash is essential if you have a GameCube. I couldn't care less about this genre, so I can gladly never play again. Four out of ten. At least he knows what he likes, Matt. That wasn't that was a genuinely a good review. A man who is it, aware just don't review it. If you don't like the genre, don't review it. No no no, you gotta review it. This this okay. was one this was one of my favorites of someone of someone who wrote a review they shouldn't have written. Cause this person wrote this review with their name on it, which I won't read, but they said I went there and asked the bud tender for a recommendation. They gave me the worst weed ever. Also, it was all smalls and sticks. I paid expensive for good weed, not for small price. And the owner responded with, you paid $25 and purchased off our budget menu. The package of what you purchased literally said petite. (laughs) With over 80 strains to chew from, next time you might want to try one of our premium options smiley face yeah nailed him yeah got him i want to see the 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 reviewers um of like these video games get responded to by the makers like like one was like nice quality too expensive and the owner said we weren't even open then come back when we're (laughs) open well hey 
I know uh, someone who has very high opinions of video games. That's number is six, who decided to review League of Legends. Oh, no. Gave it a one out of ten, and he named it Geek Game. What? This game looks like a huge waste of time. I do my research. I watched a few videos on the tube, and that's enough. I only heard of League of Legends only recently. Now, I know why. Arcane is based on another one of those online multiplayer games. The game looks worse than the movie. What's Arcane, Matt? It's the Netflix, it's the League of Legends Netflix show. They got a ton of Uh. attention. And it's is widely loved, but because it doesn't require you to have played the games, it just uses the characters. There was nothing appealing about the game. Just as there is nothing appealing about the movie. I'm too wow. old for foolishness like League of Legends. Plus, what legends? Legends are not made through a corny game. Legends are made in reality. Damn. Scorched them. And, and just so, just so you down. have them, Matt, I got two reviews from Tattoo or Tattoo Adjacent Shops. Okay. All uh, right. All right. I, it's not a tattoo baby. shop, but I did find almost famous body piercings in Montana. Oh, yeah, that counts. They got a one-star review from Connie Graves, who says, I just wanted to buy a few rings. I was denied entry because there was already four people in the store. I understand that. Second attempt, I had to buy a mask, get my temperature taken, then was asked if I had COVID-19. That (laughs) is none of your business. Open for business or don't. My personal health care is none of you business. I don't have a fever and I had a mask. That is all you needed to know. I have shopped there many times. Never again. Damn. And that place was scorched by a number of people who were very upset about their mask policy. But uh, I, I did find one great negative review of a tattoo place matt this is red lodge tattoo wow fucking call him out le levier gave a one star review she says i bought gift certificates for everyone in my family for christmas question one did she just say that she bought gift certificates i was genuinely perplexed what everyone in her family Apparently. He then charged another $100 for a deposit. And seven months later, after not hearing back in numerous emails, this is how he honors his certificates. Wow. And that's the end of the review, which I feel like got ended halfway through. But luckily for us, the owner responded and he said, somehow people come get tattooed by me daily with no issues. (laughs) <laughs> beautiful fair enough fair enough well what i i actually while, while, while we were talking i i went to go look to see what tattoo reviews i could find in montana just because i was curious what was really out there and 
frankly, there are very few tattoo shops in Montana. <laughs> Um, they're all rated pretty well i found i found one reviewer who gave it one who gave it a tattoo shop once and i won't say the name i'm not gonna slander their good work saying having walked in once i mean all these are all reviewed I, very highly oh yeah yeah just pick a tattoo in montana someone uh rufus gobbs wrote having walked in once that was all i needed to see I wouldn't get tattooed there if i was on drugs it smelled like foul chemicals and failure which great review in a way in a, in a way he really got his opinion out there well i i got one more review oh okay i was say i have one more review for you too you can go first okay do, do you got a do you got a humdinger i got a, i got a a, a, a ring and ting dinger all right well this one is not even really a funny review i just think this one's kind of interesting okay it's for Metal Gear Solid, the PS1 game, which was known at the time for being very cinematic. It's a review yep. from less than three years after it came out, January 2001. It's titled The Valley of Gameplay. They gave it a 4 out of 10. It's a bit longer, so I'll abbreviate it. But okay. just as certain games signaled that mocap or rotoscoping were becoming overused and hindering gameplay, this game signified to me that cinematic video games were starting to kill the fun in games. 15 minutes of the kind of adventure game puzzle solving that I could give or take were followed by about 20 minutes of cinema that could be skipped if you wanted to be utterly clueless about your next action. You could never tell when the game hints would come as they would be interspersed between Kojima's philosophy about nuclear proliferation anyway. Holy what? <laughs> yeah. That's not a Overall, left field. The VR missions were the best part of the game because they truly focused on stealth. Uh, that's, skip, and that's skip, it? Skip, 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 skip. Oh, okay. Oh, that's about... More. Yeah, I'm skipping a lot of this. That's about all there is to this game. Let's hope that Square, Konami, and others realize their mistake in that movies don't kill the video game star. That's a great I, line. I, that is a yeah. very good line. I, I just thought it was interesting, you know, that as we've approached and sort of worked around the uncanny valley in video games mm -hmm. in many respects I, I thought it was interesting that this is one of the earlier takes of hey guys let's not make cinematic stuff in games too much you know i wonder at the I same time it's it's an audience that isn't used to having true overly long cinematics and coming to terms with hey this is an all right form of storytelling even if uh, it's through a medium like video games i would but i just thought that was an this. interesting time yeah. capsule of the time and the fact that people even back then were tired of kojima talking about why nuclear arms were bad yeah I, the the thing i'd be most interested in is asking this guy how he feels about modern AAA games releasing just multiplayer packs like where mm. you can buy the game for cheap or for free and just play the multiplayer and never probably play like it yeah, right. I would think he would love it. Yeah, I know some people really dislike it, but I think it's. I think like this guy probably does. That's actually a a good thing to do because it gets more people playing the game in general. One 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 last review for me was one of my favorite review I found of a book, which is I which I thought I'd find more of for this book, but George Orwell's 1984. Um, the best review is from back in 2017. They gave it one star and wrote, "Literal shit." Literally a combination of Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh. George Orwell's 1984, everybody. That's all you need to know. And also, oh. I will say there was there, one one last thing. I just got to say, 
Um, the Great Gatsby is a terrible fucking book. I hate it when I read it in school, and hundreds of people in the reviews for it lambasted it. Someone wrote, this book was god-awful. I felt so disappointed when I read that Gatsby was murdered. I felt like if the world collapsed on me as I read this catastrophic event, Gatsby is the Miz and Daisy is the Sliz to the is it. Scott, Fitzger- <laughs> Scott Fitzgerald, I wish you were alive so I could kill you. Love DGS. Whoa. <laughs> well, hey, man, if you didn't get it in this life, maybe you'll be able to do in the next or the next or maybe the fourth times the charm. Good night, everybody. Good morning. <laughs>